Welcome, listeners, on the Omnibus Podcast. This is part two of our continuing conversation of Mark Millar and Brian Hitch's The Ultimates. Here, me and Phil talk about the second part of his initial run, Ultimates 2. Conversation ran a little long, so if you haven't checked out our previous part in the last episode, highly recommend you do so before listening to this one. Also, should make note, we ran into some technical difficulties during recording, so apologize for that ahead of time. Enjoy! What is this, anyway? Some kind of goddamn comic book? You bastard! What made you think you could bullshit your way into mine? Like every other pencil that piece of shit. Ultimates 2, which is why I think it really comes into its own. It, it opens, and like and you can see, it, it opens with Cat America, you know, parachuting into northern Iraq. Like explicitly saying northern Iraq. Uh, <laughs> and, and dismantling, you know, a terrorist cell. Right, because they kidnapped some humanitarian American, right? Yeah. Um, nine hum- American humanitarian workers. Yeah. So yeah. very, very evocative of the uh, Iran hostage crisis. Uh, thought yeah, from the seventies. If you've seen the movie Argo, which is several years old now, then you would know the story. Um, where Thor leaves the Ultimates at this point because uh, like, okay, now the Americans are overstepping their reach because they just said it was going to be for domestic, uh, domestic use only. And yep. now you're sending uh, Captain America overseas. Yeah, and at the same time, you know, you're seeing there's some celebration, right? Like, like, hey, these superheroes are kicking ass. They got these people home. And then you also see Tony Stark on CNN, CNC. Sorry, this <laughs> is CNC because he can't get sued. Yeah. Even though he's talking to explicitly Larry King. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's like defending. He's trying to defend this policy move. And so there's like actual real political backlash. Like, and even when you look at that opening. Right, it's. I think Winter Soldier, the opening Winter Soldier, borrowed very heavily from this imagery. Yes, because uh, Cap likes to jump without a parachute. Yeah, landing uh, into the water. But yeah. yeah, you you like this would read a lot like like a modern like war like a modern warfare political thriller comic. It's just yeah. that the soldier happens to be dressed in Captain America's outfit. Yeah, I think this is what uh, Frank Miller would try to do with Holy Terror, but like did it very poorly. Did it very, very poorly, and he did a much better job with Nuke in Daredevil Board again. Yes, he did. Yeah, but like it's very much like it's not reading like a superhero comic now. This is reading like like a Black Ops mission with someone that just happens to be with Captain America. Right. Oh, yeah, I forgot we should mention that. Like Captain America is this, like, the big uh, superhero design. Captain America is modern redesign. Uh, so first of all, it's the character that's probably the closest in in, in remaining to like the the six one six version, uh, with some key differences. Is that he's got for some reason he's got they decided to put stars on his shoulders. Yes. Uh, and he's got the helmet. He's got the helmet cow with no wings. Which again, major influence on the movie version. Uh, oh, he's got Kevlar. He's wearing like the, the he's belts, wearing Kevlar the yeah. belts, right? The Rob Liefeld pouches, <laughs> but they're not they're not overdone. No, uh, again, yeah, he's wearing the helmet uh, with no wings, which in the movie version borrows from, and the big source of connection between Phil and myself, whether the comics <laughs> cap should keep using the helmet versus the classic with the wings. I am uh, pro-wing. 
I am pro helmet. All right. Uh, the helmet has wings on it. They're just painted on. All right. Well, you know what? That works for ultimate cap because it's aiming for realism. Yeah. Six one six cap. I don't need it. Give me the give me the wings. All right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure at this point six one six cap has brain damage from taking so many punches from like All right. you know Whatever. gladiator. I don't or... like I said. I don't get how you can how you can accept you know gamma radiated Hulk and mutants and Doctor Strange and you can't accept Cap not wearing a helmet. Yes, because, you know, those are told me through fake science. There's no fake science for fake wings on foreheads. I mean, on sides of heads. All right. So, yeah. All right. All right. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> so, as we continue through this book, uh, yeah. let's see. So, we see Janet Pym is now with Cat America. They yes, they're dating, dating each other. She might only left Hank. Uh, um, at the same time, though, uh, the relationship between Hank Pym and Bruce Banner, I think that was my favorite part of, of the beginning of Volume 2, honestly. Yeah, yeah, that's actually it was a surprising development because like Bruce Banner, he's he's in his glass cell, literally doped up to his eyeballs, and like they're both kind of outcasts at this point, uh, and they're both kind of, I mean it's it's really funny because they were Bruce was very jealous of Hank Pym first first volume one, yeah, because he got demoted and Hank Pym took over, but now they're kind of birds of a feather. They're both outcasts, scientists with major self-esteem ego issues. Yes, and apparently they've been working on technology to the point where even Banner was like, wow, we're a dream team. Why haven't we done this before? Yep. And it's, you know, clearly because of ego, but you just don't want to say it. Yep, and also that, like, uh, <laughs> Bruce Banner makes a Science of Lambs reference. Oh, yes, he did. <laughs> this is the other thing. The other thing about the Ultimates is that they make a lot of pop culture references, which is now now that's, like, kind of far for the course especially for this genre. Some people would say cliche, but this was still, again, this was very new at the time, right? This is following the wave of, like, uh, Buffy, Joss Whedon, Buffy and Angel, and that's been imitated to death now. But at this time, still very novel, still very new uh, to see, you know, these, these superheroes referencing modern contemporary culture. And, I mean, all throughout the first part of Volume 2 of uh, Ultimates, right, we have... Uh, them like just living it up honestly they're just like cruising off of the glory of taking over of taking down the hog so the public so public perception is at an all-time high yeah and it's not until the uh file of bruce banner being shown at the hog because in volume one they covered it up being released that everything starts to you know go under and yep. the, the first person they point at is thor because thor was part of the ultimates for 18 months but left and uh, Captain America goes to the club to try and confront him. And he's like, yo, bro, I could barely use an email. Why would I do something like this? Like, that doesn't which, make any sense. <laughs> which I thought was like, and it's not intentional, I think. That was a really funny thing that that's picked up in Thor, in Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> like, Thor, Thor making fun of Doctor Strange is like, have you heard this thing called electronic email? It's like, what, well, do you have a computer? No, why would I have that? <laughs> Before we continue on, there's one thing I want to touch upon with the, the Janet Cap relationship. Because, again, like, it, at first it seems like a, a, a good relationship. Like, Janet has found, like, a nice dude who's not going to beat her up. And Cap seems like, you know, your pretty supportive boyfriend. But, again, Mark Millar recognizing that Cap is a man from the 40s, right? And when you pick a man from the 40s, you drop him into 2001, and no percent of time passing, he's still going to act like he's in the 40s. So he's, he's complaining about, like, going to movies and watching, like, you know, women all, like, Dressed like hussies 
or uh, uh, the amount of cursing in the movies. amount of cursing, right? Uh, and it becomes and it becomes more manipulated on that he only wants to hang out with his friends, yeah, who are all who are all yeah, who are all old at this point, you know. <laughs> and Janet, it's just like as as realistically, will get sick and tired of that and wants to hang out with people their actual age. Yeah, actual age, yeah. As a funny retort by Cap, like, what are you talking about? I was a year behind Bucky. <laughs> Bucky no, they Gale. were a year behind. They were, they were a year, I'm sorry, I'm a year older than Bucky and Gale. Uh, but again, yeah, they're like the the actual age the age difference, which is kind of touched upon a little bit in the movies, but they don't not as not not to an extreme. Uh, but yeah, again, once realistically for inversion, like yeah, man out of his forties is gonna feel more comfortable if like and have a hard time adjusting to modern cultures and modern norms, modern culture. Right. All right. So we go through, there's a trial, Bruce Banner. We see, for the first time, other characters from the Marvel uni- Ultimate Marvel Universe show up. Yeah, Xavier. So we, we, Xavier, we see uh, Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil. Cyclops. Yeah, you see Cyclops as like uh, an aide to Xavier. We see Daredevil as, as Bruce Banner's lawyer. Eventually, he's found guilty, but they trick him at first. Thinking yeah. that he was uh, he was innocent, but they, they, gave, they drugged him with Chardonnay. Uh, Betty Ross finally like breaks down crying. Uh, some some major important character development because up until then we see Betty Ross been kind of vapid, very corporate PR. This relationship is like I, I would call it abusive. It is. It's, it's, yeah. so, it's toxic. Like, it's definitely so, toxic. So no, not even that though, because we see two different types of abuses within these relationships, right? So yeah. we see Hank Pym and uh, Janet Van Dyne, right? Hank is an abusive partner too. Yeah. Physically, uh, yeah, physically, right? Phys- physically abusive, right? And then here we have uh, Betty Ross and Bruce Banner, right? Where Bruce, uh, where Betty Ross emotionally and psychologically abuses Bruce. So like we see, so we again we see these two sides of the same coins, as well as like this this can happen to anybody, like whether you're, you know, man, woman, right? This this can happen. Last Mark Millar is making about the point of it's like it's bad enough when it happens to regular people. Imagine it happening to people with superpowers. superpowers. Yes. Right. And, and working for the as as ours in the American military. Uh, Bruce Banner is sentenced to death. But lo and behold, there's a twist in that he it's implied and then later confirmed that he escaped from yes. the blast. Uh, and that uh, Hank Pym was the one who secretly allowed him to escape. Because I think he low he secretly lowered the dosage, or he gave him less than the less required than the required amount to keep him drugged. Yep. And then Hank Pitt, and then Bruce Banner disappears from the story for a good while. Uh, I think kind of a nod to like the classic uh, show, the '70s show. Uh, also, at this point, it's important to introduce that um, Captain Britain and the other like your EU super soldiers are introduced. Yeah, so we get Captain Britain, we get who's uh Brian Braddock from yeah. uh Excalibur or yeah. uh, Marvel e- e- Marvel UK, right? But then we also get Captain Italy, Captain yeah, Spain, France. and Captain France. Yeah. Uh, you know? Again, they're also reimagined because like, and I'm not really familiar with Excalibur, Captain Britain, but they're like, he, I know he's like some kind of crazy reality warping dude, yes. right? He is a uh, part of the Captain Britain Corps who protects the reality of six one six. Yep, yeah, none of that here. He's basically just their the e, the EU's basically have their version of super soldiers. Yeah. And again, it's like reimagining is like not they're like less superheroes as as they more are just super powered military operatives. 
Yes. Right? They even mentioned like the, the restrictions that they're only allowed. They're each only allowed to have one. And then we go into the next thing, uh, more celebrity stuff, right? We see a lot of talking heads and Jay Leno. We so see uh, Oprah. So something uh, I like that they constantly are questioning because like they stop a bomber, right? Just a regular average bomber, not not a not a super powered bomber, uh, just a regular bomber. They're constantly being critiqued of does the cost of the ultimates really justify their use for something like that? Because the they are constantly mentioning how much money is thrown and funding the ultimates. Yes, it's like, like billions and billions uh, of dollars. Yeah, I think they gave an accurate number too because they said that like uh, eighty-seven. There you go. Nick Fury secured eighty-seven billion dollars from Congress. Right. So it's honestly the most funded military uh, branch of the military at this point. Again, you know, it's like reimagining superheroes as an arm of the military industrial complex in America, and like. Again, people were really like, why are you spending this much money on super-powered villains, super-powered soldiers when we got all these problems now? Right. But, like, again, this is all just, you know, uh, flashy, showy thing just to build up the world, right? Well, at the same time, the underlying story is that uh, Thor is being attacked by Loki uh, mm-hmm. in some sort of way. And we first see this when Thor walks into a restaurant and he's speaking to Volstag. You know, yeah. Volstag, big guy, beard, yeah. loves and, to eat. And it's very much like resembling the classic, like Volstag. Like it's like it's a it's a sequence that probably would have fit at home at like a regular. Like, yes, yeah, so we're seeing the classic Volstag, but he's also wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, Hawaiian shirt, right? And but then and then it's revealed. And then it's revealed oh, that uh, loss. Oh no! Oh Let's yeah. Okay, there we go. Still, Came back. Okay, we're still recording. So. Yeah, we're still yeah, we're still recording. Yeah. Oh man, I don't do so much. I'm gonna have to do so much editing on this. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. But yeah, the Volstag <laughs> thing. Uh, then it's revealed that like people are freaking out all the restaurateurs because they don't see. Volstag. They don't see Volstag. They just yeah. see Thor yeah, talk- talking to himself. <laughs> yeah, and we're questioning like, is Thor? Okay, yeah, we're questioning at this point: is he Norse god or is he crazy? And this is right. where uh, a sequence I also like a lot. It takes on also a new rev. Uh, a new subtext in 2020 in that there's these protesters in Italy. They're protesting the creation of the European super soldiers and the police start basically, they do to them what what they're doing now. They start going to town on them. And then Thor straight up attacks the police. Yes, to try and defend the protesters. Yeah, and I'm not talking like, you know, he's just tossing them around and doing the like non-lethal thing. No, he he brings out the like lightning and then blows up cars like he's like straight up attacking police and that was like i think at the time when i first read it i was like all right whatever you know it's just mark millar imagining you know crazy things and yes. now i'm just trying to imagine like man if someone like that someone did that to the police now i think they would also react to thor the exact same way they probably would yeah, imagine <laughs> if like the movie thor did that to like the police protesters today. They would all turn on and turn on that guy. And then from there, we also get to see uh, Hawkeye's family, right? Which again is taken into the movies. Yeah. But also important for distinction because Hawkeye in the comics is just a lovable loser, failed failed relationships with his wife Mockingbird, Spider Woman. Uh, I want to say maybe one, maybe Black Widow. I'm not maybe sure. Maybe Black Widow. I think. Yeah. But he's, he's just like a lovable loser. Uh, you can see it in the Hawkeye series by Matt Fraction, David Aja. Great series. I highly recommend it. But here, yeah, he's reimagined. We don't get a lot of Hawkeye, but when we do, it's almost always with his family. Right? The contrast with the fact that 
by by day, he's got a loving girlfriend. I think it's very explicitly they're not married. Uh, yes. Which again, which again, this is like kind of it's now it's like whatever, but that's pretty bold for 2001. Uh, they have they have your superhero have children and your partner not married. And and you know he's a loving he's a loving partner, a loving father. At the same time, he's also cold blooded. You know, killer, a, yeah, a, a killer, straight up killer. Like he's straight not a killer. Yeah. He's, he's a black ops CIA killer that just happens to use a bow and arrow. Right, because I mean, like, because he uses bows, bows and arrows. Right, that's his main thing. But he also yeah. uses guns. Yeah, yeah, he just prefers it for some reason. And then he later kind of retconned it. So yeah, Thor's done this thing. He's politically, you know, inconvenient now. Uh, so Cap and the EU super soldiers and the rest of the Ultimates, they have like, we gotta take down Thor. Which they do. Yeah, which they do. And then so first before before we get that, uh, he's out in the middle of Norway. He's got his like cult of followers. Uh, and I like that. I like that the first one he talks to is named Jane, implying that's Jane Foster. And Jane Foster, yes. Yeah. But yeah, so they take him down. Uh, you know, it's a big moment for Quicksilver. He gets a little bit of character development. Is that he's the only one capable of kind of because Thor is unstoppable here, uh, and Quicksilver is the only one who can like take away his belt and he gets a little bit inspired by by uh his sister scarlet witch yes uh and they're able to take him down and this was all a plan orchestrated by loki yep yep and we see and this is like kind of the first real confirmation that like thor is is actually a norse god yeah and loki is actually is actually himself a norse cd but they don't believe him yes and then from there again continuing with this idea of a soap opera which i mean honestly when you think about it for Marvel, it's it's not an original idea because uh, the Fantastic Four were similar to that as well. Um, we get to see this new team called the Defenders, right? Featuring, <laughs> oh, yeah, the featuring, yes, featuring Power Man, right? Valkyrie, Son of Satan, Hellcat, and Nighthawk, right? Yeah. All well-established characters within 616. Well, except maybe uh, Hellcat and Nighthawk. Nighthawk. And Son of Satan. But this version, they're... And also, another thing the Ultimates and Mark Millar is doing is bringing in celebrity culture with superheroes. They're a bunch of wannabes. Yes, they are. A bunch of loser wannabes that want to be superheroes, but they're in it just for fame and the celebrity aspect. And here they're recruiting Hank Pym. That's like, hey, it's our first actual superhero. It's also really funny to read this now, because when I first read this, I didn't really know who Luke Cage was. So I was like, who's this guy? And now, you know, I'm a big fan of Luke Cage. But uh, this is also not, doesn't resemble any. The only, probably the only character of this group to to become more prominent. Yes, he is. He yeah. really is. Uh, Hellcat kind of, there's a version of her Jessica Jones, but it's not, it's different enough that it's not really the same character. Right. And she, I mean, she also had her own, uh, she had her own solo series, but like that, I think only lasted like three volumes. Yep. Also, the point, they're all dressed like, uh, really kind of skanky. And I, and then, and I apply that description to Luke Cage too. So, you know, yeah. uh, I say ways, but yeah, Valkyrie, you know, uh, Hellcat. Yeah. Like, 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 like Valkyrie is like just like, like you're right, just showing off her ass in a thong. Yeah. Alongside the weird Valkyrie, whatever that thing is, the Asgardian circle thingy. Circle shields? I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Hank Pym, you know, Simon. He's as much of a loser with the defenders as he is with the Ultimates. Uh, he's trying to be. He's trying to be Ant Man, the Ant Man we know. 
their first outing is pathetic. It's incredibly pathetic. It's stupid, stupidly pathetic because there's a bunch of kids trying to steal cigarettes, cigarettes from a warehouse, and yeah. Nighthawk shows up, breaks his ankle. They steal his stuff and then throw him out of the window, landing on a car. Yeah, and they're pretty light him on fire. At the same time, like they're like Black Knight. There's a recurring gag that Black Knight keeps getting stuck in traffic. <laughs> uh, you know, Ant Man, uh, Hank Pym. Like he's trying to use his ants, but but there's not, there's not a, there's not there's not yeah, enough again realism, right? <laughs> and uh, on a and a night at night, uh, a New York warehouse. There's not gonna be a lot of ants. Yes, and so what's the call? And oh yes, Valkyrie. She tells a lie. She said she's a, a master of martial arts and can bench bench press uh two two fifty, which and, is a lie because she she just got her orange belt and failed her blue belt. Yeah, her... and then Hank Pym manages to rescue his Nighthawk from being killed, set on fire. But the reporter they hired catches him naked, yes. puts him on right on the front page of Daily Bugle. Uh, something I want to ask you: Do you have the digital version or the print version of this comic? I have the digital version. Okay, so I read like the print version, and I if I don't think it's included, I think they cut it from the digital version. There's a sequence where they recruit a new character, Wiz mm-hmm. Kid, uh, who who in the comics is like an actual superhero. Uh, Wiz Kid, isn't that the the that's the kid from the X Men? Yeah, is he? I don't know. I don't know what he is in the comics. Yeah, and in, uh, in X Men, he he's a he's a technopath. Who's okay. able to manipulate uh, technology okay. around him? So he's a this, differently so, abled uh, Asian kid. Okay, so I remember reading the print version, and I think they cut it for the digital version for some reason. They recruit the ultimate whiz kid, which is just a kid in a wheelchair, and he's excited to join them. And then they reveal that they only put him in to get diversity funding, which is it's it's so t- I mean it's funny. It's also really terrible. It, it yeah. really is. Yeah, and then and then they're like they're about to, that's right before they set off. I think on this mission, like, hey guys, let's get in the van. And then Wizkid, it like goes out to the van's like, there's no, there's no, there's no room. There's for no, him. there's no ramp. Like, yeah. I don't know why they cut it out. Uh, but just saying, it's a really, it's a really good sequence of just showing how awful the defenders are. I guess they thought maybe it would be offensive. It would be too offensive. That yeah. was kind of the point in that these people are really insensitive. Because uh, like looking at, because I'm I'm reading the digital copy. It's because it shows uh who these uh, uh editor in chief is, and it says C. B. Sobolski, who is the editor in chief of Marvel now. When at the time it was uh Joe uh Joe Casada. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I guess whatever reason comics I'll just cut it. It's too bad. Highly recommend the print version. It's a good sequence. Uh, yeah, Whiskey. Uh, and then also a big thing. All this is happening. And it's kind of a thing about Thor. It's like like they all think Thor is crazy, but he's he's bashing them, right? Like you think you're just you think you're just doing the right thing? No, what's you know what's it going to do? They're sending you in the Middle East, right? Like, right? That's crazy. That's crazy, Thor. What happened? What, what what's the thing they do after they capture Thor? They actually says there's a situation in the Middle East. Yeah, sends them to the Middle East to disarm a small country that has nuclear weapons. Well, again, very much echoing you know what U.S. intervention in Iraq. Uh, we're getting to volume two, the final arc of the first run of the Ultimates 2. This is my personal favorite arc of it, where it gets really political. Uh, they go into this country, you know, they, they disarm, they disarm the nukes, uh, they smash up, you know, any resistance. You see the giant men, right? So the Ultimates, they've replicated Hank Pym's formula and just got, we're basically regular soldiers, giant versions of them. Yes. 
Yeah, you're also seeing like fighter jets coming with the superhero. So there's not only superhero imagery, but there's a lot of military imagery going on as well. Yes. And then uh, you see the uh, Captain America is taking the, excuse me, the civilians who were, who weren't fighting, right, and putting them in trucks, saying that there's, you know, there's food, there's water, there's a place to rest. And a kid is looking at that and looks at Captain America and Captain America yells, I'm like, yo, get on the truck. Yep, and this kid, he's got giving him the stink eye, who's gonna become, he's gonna come back in a more important way later on. Yeah. Uh, so we get some more stuff with like Thor in prison, more relationship issues with Cap and Janet. Right. You can see the relationship starting to break down at this point, because uh, he's, he's she's seeing Hank Pym on the slide. Yeah, she is, and uh, she she like talks about how much of a scumbag she is, and like you know, Hank Pym with his inferiority complex, right? He's uh, reveling in the fact that she came to see him rather than than uh, you know stick with Captain America. And then uh, at, we go to Hawkeye's place where his entire family is murdered in front of him mm-hmm. by uh, black ops agents, and we don't see, and there's a mysterious figure. The mysterious figure that earlier approached Hank Pym. We never see who it is. And it's the mysterious figure that kills, it looks like it kills Hawkeye. And it's implied that, you know, this is someone Hawkeye knows, but we don't see who this person is. So we go back to more Cap and Janet. Drama, Cap, you know, she have an argument. Cap runs off. To go uh, see to go see Bucky. Yeah. And, like, you know, explain his feelings. They hug it out. And right as they're hugging it out, they're attacked by S.H.I.E.L.D. Because yeah. they, they found out that Captain America was the traitor. There's also a sequence I really like that re- I think really nails how out of touch this version of Steve Rogers is. He says, like, uh, I try to be a decent guy and put out with her crude friends and weird TV shows, but nothing's ever enough, Bucky. All she wants to do is have these big, long discussions about where we're going as a couple. And I don't have a clue what she's talking about half the time. Like, again, this is a guy from the 40s. This is pre-feminism, pre-sexual revolution. You know, this is this is uh, basically what, like, a... Not, no, not even a boomer. He predates boomers. Uh, he's the greatest generation. Greatest generation. Greatest generation. You know, I think there's a, I think there's be a lot of boomers today who look at, who read this unironically and think, like, yeah, he's right. Screw Janet. <laughs> oh man, I just, yeah, I got a real kick out of this because that is something, that's something apparently Mark Millar said is that um, it never made sense to him how like 616 Captain America, how could a guy plucked from the 40s drop to the modern day be like somehow just like instantly fit in right away? He, he says like. The politically correct version of Cap. And we see the movies, the movies kind of handles that pretty fairly well as well. But it's just like, yeah, you know, in reality, I don't think even the most, even, which is true, even the most forward thinking liberal person in the 40s would not, not oh, be very yeah, liberal I, by today's standards. Uh, but yeah, he's a Cap. He's, he's attacked by S.H.I.E.L.D. and Nick Fury. Uh, if very important symbolism in front of his, his gravestone, Steve Rogers, <laughs> his <laughs> memorial when he thought he died. Because apparently, they're led to believe that Cap is the one behind uh, the murder of Hawkeye's family. And then from there, we see uh, Natasha getting, uh, Black Widow getting ready for her wedding. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, something we, we didn't really mention. There's a subplot of she and Tony together, and then Tony Stark proposes to Black Widow. Yeah. He even gave her, like, a black version of the Iron Man suit. Uh, yes. So uh, let's see. From there, <clears throat> we could continue... 
right? Yeah. So many, so many uh, theories and conspiracies happening. Hulk, uh, Hawkeye's family has died. He's missing. Yep. Captain America is set as a traitor. Yeah, Thor is in prison. Bruce right. Banner is. I don't, I don't, I don't think they know he escaped, but he's he's out. He's 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 actually alive out nowhere. He's, yeah, he's he's alive out there, uh, probably yeah. Brazil. Yeah, and um, then this is where uh, they're all trying to figure out what's going on. Tony's having sex with Natasha. Something I noticed is that her underwear has like a spider web pattern, which I thought was a little a little over the top for me. Oh, uh, I mean, it makes sense. It fits with the character. Yeah, he goes Black Widow. But I was like, all right, all right, you know, yeah, whatever. This is where and this is where the shit hits the fan. There's a straight up invasion of America. We're seeing these. We see, you know, Natasha pull a gun on on Tony Stark, kills Jarvis, and yeah, there's there's like mechs and flying soldiers invading America. I apologize again. Interruption. Kind of curious that it fills up unit problems when we're talking about the critical of American uh, foreign policy, American 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 in general. Yes, I know. It's it's all a conspiracy. Conspiracy. All right. But we're also uh, talking about comics, so there's no conspiracy. Yeah. Well, in this comic, there's a lot of conspiracies, actually. Well, yes, there are. Anyway, uh, uh, there's an invasion of straight up invasion of America. Yes. Uh, there's like flying dudes in suits who are revealed to be the ultimate version of multiple man. There's mechs, mechs fighting, like stopping on New York, later revealed to be the ultimate version of Crimson Dynamo. And it has uh, this very iconic image that I really like. Uh, all, all the, the ultimate Jakob guard, shield falls. You see Loki talking to this figure that looks like a red Captain America with a lightsaber. Yes. Uh, and there's this very, very kind of iconic image from the Ultimates run, which is you see the the villains, the super, the super villains of this comic, the Liberators, but they're... Uh, they're superhero versions of these created by these different foreign nations, and it has a big splash page of them, and then kind of, I guess, Arab Cat America, Middle Eastern Cat America. So it's yes. the great Satan that's just been liberated. Yes, because like the page before that is uh, the giant mech suits controlled by Crimson Dynamo uh, breaking apart the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, you're right, about the Statue of Liberty, gets it on camera. Yes, and throwing it into the Hudson. Yeah, and they're talking about, and their view, they're liberating America, something that's brought up. They bring up multiple times that the election was stolen. So, you know, we're just freeing people from this president that uh, didn't deserve to be president. Yes, and, and we yeah. get to see iconic uh, villains that all, like, are supposed to be equal to the hero. So we get Abomination, uh, we get Crimson Dynamo, we get Russian Thor, whose yeah. name I can never remember. Peru, uh, I think it's how you say it. He's got is it? Yeah, um, I think he's original. I think he's actually an original character for the for, for this comic. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's got the hammer, but also he's got a sickle. Yes. Uh, uh, let's see. We got well, man. You see our schizoid man. Schizoid man, who uh, they used multiple man's DNA in order for him to. Uh, and then you uh, see two original characters, but they're like the swarm, who's like an insect-looking person. A take on their take on the wasp. Yes, and, and then we hurricane. have hurricane. Who is their take on uh, Quicksilver? Yeah, and, and like, uh, and, and then there's Loki in the middle. And what I like is that this is kind of they say I don't know if they say it here or somewhere, but like there's exclusively people who are at the time and maybe still are enemies, quote unquote enemies, very much at least political opponents of America. In that the Abomination, 
and the combination, and I think Crazy Dynamo are Chinese. Chinese. Yes, they're Swarm. Chinese. Yeah, Swarm is North Korea, I think. Yes, uh, Hurricane is uh, uh, Syrian. Syrian. Oh, okay, Syrian. Okay. Perun is Russia. Soviet Union, Russia. And the only one who doesn't have a name. Yes, uh, uh, is Colonel, Colonel Ahmed. Uh, yeah, I think so. Something like I don't, I can't forget. He's the only one who doesn't have a name. He's from, you know, as, as the next issue revealed, he is that kid who was giving Cat America the stink eye when they when they liberated their quote unquote liberated their country, the Middle Eastern country, of their nuclear weapons program. Yes. So again, yeah, this is probably like I would call it like peak peak this is like the peak of the thesis of ultimates of Mark Millar. Like these are super villains, but like very specifically their enemies are opponents of America. I personally I thought at the time, it still is like, it's a really good reimagining of like the concept of superheroes in like a geopolitical context. Yes. Uh, we see Imigrigo, we see the origin of these characters, and we see like this kind of basically I guess kind of like a, a a conspiracy between these countries and like this dark room kind of uh Yes, because they're all meeting in the Louvre in France. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is like I know mean, the chapter is called Axis of Evil. Okay, a reference to like Bush coining. Uh, was it? I think was it was it Iran or Korea? It was, and it was, it was Iran. Uh, it was Iran, North Korea, and uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't see. This is this like so much has changed since then. Uh, yeah. yeah, and plus I was a kid, so I didn't really yeah. care about Iraq. Maybe maybe it was Iraq. Uh, let's, maybe let's, let's, let's look this up. This is we should probably get this correct. Yeah, I, uh, let me pull up my tablet. Okay, I pull up Wikipedia here. Uh, George Bush State of the Union address: Iran, Iraq, North Korea. Oh, okay. In response, Iran formed a political alliance called the Axis of Resistance, composing of Iran, Syria, Hezbollah. <laughs> there you go. So there we go. That's kind of I guess we got the superhero version of that. Yes. Uh, and ironically, reading this now in like 2020, it's like the only one that's still kind of relevant in some is is Soviet Union. Yeah, Russia. Because I think uh, Putin shows up at the end of this comic, which I thought I was like, oh, okay. Yes. He called it. I think, well, now. he doesn't show up. They just made a statement. That's what it was. Oh yeah. And because uh, what's it called? Because like again, like this is all set up. And it was like, oh my gosh, who? Who, who did this? And it was like, oh, Hank Pym was a part of it because he had his Ultron uh, robots. Yeah, his Ultron robots helping them with the crowd control. Yes. Uh, also serving as basically an audience surrogate for someone to explain their plans to for the reader. Yeah. And then, uh, like, they're running around trying to look for uh, the president to get ready for public executions. They actually hijacked Air Force One. You see, like, George Bush just, like, crying out for Laura, which yes. was given, which I thought was weird. At the time, and even still kind of funny now, like Mark Millar, for as, as critical as he is of, of you know, his wishes governing, his, his foreign policy, and the way he governed, he's surprisingly not somewhat respectful of the figure himself. Like, right. he's just an act, like, at this point, he's just a dude crying out for his wife. Yes. And then, uh, oh, yes, I think we didn't, men- did you mention it before we had trouble where uh, Black Widow was the traitor? Yeah, true. so yeah, I, yeah, I mentioned it, that she's sleeping with Tony. And then she pulls a gun from under his pillow, kills Jarvis. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like at you know everything's due. They're all screwed. 
Then it turns out that Tony had a contingency all along. That he gets the nanites in her blood to short circuit knock out uh, Black Widow because he's just that paranoid. Yes. <laughs> you know, he's like billionaire and he knows he's like, billionaires don't get rich by being stupid, honey bud. Yes. Yeah. So, so he sets off on his secret plan with the rest of Stark Industries to, to mount their comeback. Yes. And then we go back to the, uh, the Soviet uh, torture chamber that they have Hawkeye in and he kills everyone with his fingernails. Yep. Yep. Uh, very, very Mark Millar thing too. Just like something kind of ridiculously badass. The way I like to see it, the way they reimagine Hawkeye is that he basically becomes Bullseye uh, from the reg- from the regular comics. He turns anything into a weapon. Yes. But yeah, he, that- that's how he escapes. He kills everyone with his fingernails. You know, Hawkeye does some Hawkeye stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, here you go. And then and then Wasp. Wasp is the one person who managed to evade capture. She goes about freeing Captain America. They beat the crap out of uh, some multiple men, some schizoid men. Mm-hmm. Uh, more more fighting ensues. You know, there are twists like, oh, yeah, Mark the Wasp can do her superpowers at, at big size. Yes. And then from there we go into, I think, what is this, the second to last chapter, the second to last issue called America Strikes Back? Yep, yep. Uh, we see, you know, they're rounding up. It's like that kind of classic thing in the in in, in this last superhero story. The the heroes are starting to come back. Uh, yeah. We see we see they've also the bat the liberators have arrested the Fantastic Four, the X Men, Spider Man, which I thought was a was a funny choice. Yes. Uh, so they go about you know fighting, making you know they fight back against the liberators. They free a bunch uh, you know the arresting and prison characters. Uh, and you know this kind of becomes kind of closest to like a conventional superhero story at this point. Yes, because uh, also at the same time where uh, Captain America breaks Schizoid Man's jaw, Thor, <laughs> uh, which is a very, very good picture that uh, Brian Hitch does, uh, Thor gets summoned by his father, and we know that because the lighting becomes rainbow colors to signify the rainbow road. Yeah. Uh, rainbow bridge, sorry. Mm-hmm. Rainbow road is... Yeah, is the Hulk, Bruce Banner and the Hulk finally reappears at, at at their darkest hour yes he was like yo like i tried but you had me come back robot steps on him hulk appears and starts smashing everything yeah yeah uh like i said personally i found this like this where i feel like whenever the ultimates becomes closest to like a, a regular superhero comic i tend to find it's the least interesting like yeah. okay okay we get superhero fights we get i mean at the time it looked it looks great it still looks great but it's like it's something we're used to uh, they beat the Liberators, you know, they, there's like, kind of like their explanation of how they're able to beat them and that the Liberators don't have kind of the logical abilities that, you, that these characters, these other characters would need. Is it? Because like, I mean, like... Well, like, like, like Quicksilver beats Hurricane because he pushes her past her limits. Uh, oh, yeah. That, Quick, that Quicksilver has, because he's, he's born a mutant, whereas right. she's just, she's just given the abilities. It's, it's, it's kind of funny how they, how they all kind of die. Uh, the, wasp steps, the wasp steps on the wasp on this morning because she becomes big. She has a secret uh, cancer all along. Hulk rips off the arms of Abomination and then punches his his face off, literally. Yeah, because the thing is that they make they make a big point about all these characters are all superior. Ostensibly, the Abomination like, I'm just as strong as you. Why else have my intelligence? And Hulk says, like, your intelligence doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But we're just two guys punching each other. <laughs> And then uh, Iron Man's contingency like had him fly all the way into space, 
to release uh, Iron Man 6. Iron Man 6, which is just basically a spaceship. Yes, that comes in and just blows everything up. Yep, and again, it's like very much like reimagining the superhero as like this is a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah, <laughs> you know, this is this is, <laughs> this is this is he's like he's a military, he's like they, they these are military agents and he's Tony Stark is a military force. So yeah, they they beat you know they turn the liberators into cream literally. Captain America has his fight with the Colonel. This is one thing I thought was very noticed. Like all these characters died a very over the top way. With the exception of the Colonel, and that yes. he actually just straight up just stabs him in the chest, and like you know he doesn't give like a witty one liner or whatever. It gets actually very meta in that the Colonel's like, "You're gonna give me like a witty one liner or something?" He's you like, know, nope. do your John Wayne thing. He goes, "Nope." And, I mean, well, he doesn't even say no. He just looks at him and then stabs him in the chest. Yeah, yeah. As and he said, and he says it later on, like as Nick Fury after the battle is over, is that like, you know, it it, it, it like because he literally was just he's just basically an Arab version of Captain America. Yeah, he was only he he signed up to do only what he thought was right to defend his country. Yes. Yeah, and then there's like the whole Loki Thor battle. It turns out, yeah, they're Norse gods after all. They fight, you know, the Loki's army. Uh, again, you know, kind of superhero stuff we've seen before. The most notable thing, which is not really obvious in the digital version, but on the print version, is that there's a a four page, maybe six page spread that literally. The print version, you it's a fold out that you have to like fold it out. Yeah. So on on the digital version of that, it's just uh page after page after page uh that connects, which is also very funny. Yeah, it's like this is like the epitome of widescreen comics. It's like just one ongoing image. I think it actually it it actually works really well for digital because yeah. there's uh it fits grow. That yes, it does. Um. Yeah, this is like this is like the money shot. You know, this is like instant collector's item. People are gonna pay probably well over a thousand dollars for this. Yeah, see, but then I mean, because we get this scene right, because Loki and Thor they finally confront each other. We see Loki summon frost giants, fire giants, uh, yeah. ogres. Yeah, right? all, all all the Norse things, right? Yeah, this is we're firmly putting this comic into the realm of fantasy now. And then Thor shows up. And all of the Asgardians appear from the Rainbow Bridge. And yeah. Hawkeye was like, bro, I'm, I'm always going to believe you. He's like, no, he says, sorry, I didn't believe you, bro. That's what <laughs> Hawkeye says. Yeah. And, and they just they have a fantastic fight, which, I mean, honestly, with this, what is it? You said four pages? Uh, I think it might be six, actually. Oh, uh, well. One, the first one's a double-page spread, but that's still panels. Cause each of the, so each of these are double-page spreads, but... They, they, it's literally if you buy the the book, it's a fold, it's a fold out. Yeah. Maybe is it? Maybe even, maybe it's even eight. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, six pages. Okay. Not yeah. not counting not counting the first one because there's there's it's a double page spread, but there's still panels. Yeah, which is very fantastic. And then uh, Hulk. I mean, I said Hulk. Thor kills Loki by smashing his head in. And all the Asgardians, they cheer in victory. And then uh, Captain America talks to Tony, I mean, talks to Nick Fury and was like, hey, uh, we can't be government agents anymore. We have to do this ourselves because we see what happens when superheroes become political objects. Yeah, they get used for political agendas and it inspires heavy political backlash 
you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are dead. America, more 9-11 inventory, like cities all over the world are ruined, or all over yeah. America are ruined. And then uh, at the same time, though, uh, Hank Pym is getting all this shit because he was he was a part of the team. He was like, no, I was a double agent. Yeah, I was a double I agent. I saved the oh, day. Oh. Yeah, I was like, yeah, right, right. Nobody believes him. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, again, it's like the resolution wrapping up loose ends. Black Widow survived by cutting herself so the nanites got out, but Hawkeye kills her out of revenge her. Out of revenge for her family. Yep. Uh, uh, Tony Stark works with the Vision. Yeah, yeah. Scarlet works with a robot setting up for Ultimate Three. Tony Stark is mourning the loss of Natasha, saying this is the first time he actually was in love with someone. Yeah. You know, Nate drops a few more female celebrities at the time. Paris Hilton was one of them. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, and of course, the moment is totally killed because Tony Stark, being Tony Stark, he sees a, a blonde on the street and it acts like nothing has happened. <laughs> and just like prepares to go whisk her off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Total, total, total tech billionaire douchebag. And it ends. And this is where I thought I was curious. It ends on a very quiet note. It ends kind of where the story originally began. They go back to Brooklyn. They go back to the 40s. And you see Cat America, Steve Rogers. He's not Cat America yet. He's talking with his girlfriend about signing up for the war. And he says, he's promised, you know, she, he promises her. That she'll come home. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course we know he doesn't. And, you know, they kiss and it's in front of, you know, all these propaganda, World War II propaganda. Right. Which I thought was a really interesting place to end it. Uh, yes. But it kind of makes sense, because, like, at the core of the Ultimates and the Ultimate Universe, it all starts to end with Captain America. Yes. Yeah, so I guess Ultimates 2 was supposed to be the end, because I mean, like, Ultimate Story is not written by Mark Millar, it's written by Jeff Lowe. So, at the, the first time I read this, I was a little curious as to, like, this is a weird place to end it. But now that I'm older, and I'm and I'm wiser about this stuff, I think it's like, I, I want to think it's like Mark Millar critiquing on, like, because, you know, it, if you know superheroes, they started literally as pro- political propaganda for World War II. Uh, and Canada America is the most obvious one. But all the characters were used as propaganda icons. So I guess it only makes sense that if the Ultimate is going to critique, you know, Bush era, you know, foreign policy and how superheroes planted that, that, you know, you use Captain America as the forefront of that. Right. Right. So, yeah, that's the Ultimates one and two. Mark Millar, good run. Uh, highly influential. You know, kicks it launched the career of like the Ultimate Imprint launched the career of Bendis, put Mark Millar's career into the stratosphere. And for a long time, the Ultimate Marvel comics were more successful than the Rick the Six One Six comics. Yeah. And so successful in that, and this is one of the things I saw in an interview. Bendis was talking about what happened to the Ultimate Universe and why did it end eventually. Is that well? He said the issue was that it was so good that the influence of that caused the mainstream, the Six One Six writers, to step up their game. Like <laughs> like they took notes from like the darker more complex writing, a lot of the more realistic, the art starts to lend his way. On the one hand, it makes, like, uh, and that's the industry and Marvel Comics starts to recover from the economic, you know, downfalls in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, the the mainstream comics, the 616 comics get a lot better, but as a result, the ultimate comics starts to lose their identity. Mm, that which yeah. would make sense. So, like, yeah. you know... Yeah, I, which leads us into... Ultimates 3, and I'll let Phil be the guy to this one. 
Yes. You had the stomach for that, and I did It's just funny, though, because uh, what's it called? Ultimates 3, as I mentioned before, is Jeff Loeb and Joe uh, Madaria, right? Joe Mad, who was the designer for uh, Dark Souls, uh, not Dark Souls, uh, Dark Stalkers. Yeah, there you go. I thought I'll start yeah, he, for you. Yeah, yes, he was. So how would you, how would you, for those who how would you compare his art style to Brian Hitch's? Oh, vastly different. Because like you know, complete one eighty. Because Brian Hitch is more interested in like you know the real look of people, right? Where Joe Mad, like he has a very clear uh, manga influence on his art style. Yeah, it's heavily stylized. It's closer to like figures that are super exaggerated. Yes, everyone uh, is big and muscular. Even even the way like like it has like even the way it was like colored or ink or whatever is like a really kind of glossy look. Yeah, right? it, was, uh, it was digitally painted. There we go. It that's right. It's like it's yeah. super glossy. It looks like like the ultimate of Brian Hitch is like you know your ultra is if it was like the born supremacy, the born identity, then like this like, would be the born legacy. Uh, I was gonna say like Kingsman. <laughs> Oh yes. Oh yeah. That, that in, terms that, yeah. Like, in terms of like the realism to like, we're not you aiming to be realistic. Yeah. The the fan the fantasy elements of like fake realism. Like yeah. That okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can see that. So ultimate three. Um. So where where what's the story? What's the basic in in so much there as a story for ultimate three? Yeah. So the idea of ultimate three because I don't even want to talk about it for that long is that uh the vision essentially became sentient. Because of that little flirting we saw in Ultimates 2 with Scarlet yeah. Witch. Yeah. And he himself became aware, so he decided to take on a new name called Yellow Jacket, which is the name that Hank Pym used when uh, he beat his wife in the, in 616. Yeah, so... Also because of Bill and the Ant-Man movie. Yes. So, uh, I mean, what she originally was, actually, I think about it, right? Darren Cross. But that's neither here nor there. So it's like this big, huge, roundabout reason... Right, in order for uh, the Vision slash Yellow Jacket, right, to become the villain, because he fell in love with Wanda, but he realized Wanda was never going to leave her brother because of their incestual relationship. Yeah. So he decides to kill her instead. Yeah. But not and, only killing her, but he wants to destroy the entirety of the Ultimates. Yeah, and of course it's Jeff Lowe. It's presented as this like big like twists and turns, right? That's how Jeff Lowe writes every story. Yes, uh, which like, reminded me of Hush, and I, I liked Hush when I first read it, and then I disliked Hush. Well, I mean, that goes all the way back to Long Halloween, right? But it was still good at that point. Long Halloween, yeah, Dark Long Halloween and Dark Victory, yeah, those were still good. I mean, yeah. so, so but then, like, but then okay. he just he just kept doing the ridiculous twists and like, who is this mysterious bad guy? You think it's this person, and it turns out to be this other person. Yeah, because like, yo, I like Jeff, I like Jeff Lowe, right? Because like, Dark Dark Halloween. I mean, pause. Uh, oh, Long, Halloween, Long Halloween, Dark Victory, Dark Hulk uh, Gray, Hulk Gray, Daredevil Yellow, Spider-Man Daredevil Blue, Yellow, Spider-Man Blue. White. I mean, I never read Captain America White, but I read all those other ones, yeah. right? Those were like, I would say, those would be like the penultimate forms of comics at that time, right? Because I love, because like everything he wrote there, like those were all good. But then you have Hush, you have uh, Ultimates Three, you have Ultimatum. I don't know if you remember Ultimatum. He wrote uh, that never too. Read it. I never read it. I knew it was terrible. Just it was terrible. Uh, New Ultimates, which is also very terrible, but it has fantastic art because it was drawn by Frank Cho, 
right? Also very and then, bad. And then, and then he got and then he got kicked upstairs to run Marvel Television. Go run Marvel Television. So it was like, yeah, you know, you just just sit there and just sit there and do do nothing. Just sit yeah. there. Well, the kind of the big thing. I don't know if you're aware about it. Between like the the reason why his art his writing style kind of went downhill is that his his kid died of cancer. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Oh, uh, so it's like it's like in between. It's like literally that's the period when, like like after when things start like after Hush. Like after Hush and before all these other things, like he died of cancer. That's how he coped, right? How he coped was he went back to writing comics, but he just oh. channeled all this like grief and darkness, and it kind of shows in the tone of these books. Like, yeah, because like Ultimate Three, my God. Because like first again, like I said before, we get the killing. It starts off with uh, a sex tape released between Tony yeah, Stark the title, and Scarlet the title. Witch. I wrote the title of the first issue: "Sex Lies in DVD," which is a reference to the Steven Soderbergh movie. Yeah. But it's like basically it's like like a fifteen year old writing Ultimates and they took all the wrong lessons from it. Yes. Like yeah, it's darker, it's edgier, sexier. But they didn't they lost all the maturity, all the 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 deconstruction and just like, okay, they're these people are awful, right? Um it's like a yeah, sex tape with scandal of Tony Stark and Black Widow. I think I remember it doesn't mention that Wasp had an eating disorder. It's just it's just it's, it's like not even a story thing. It's just something that mentioned that something that mentioned it happened. Captain America's more of a douchebag. Yeah, it, I mean, because like it was just all over the place, right? Like uh, Hawkeye has a has a death wish now because yeah, like his whole fucking, family was killed. He's like, he's so, like a '90s parody. Yeah, so like right, he has a bullseye on his head. He's like, yo, just leave, just leave me to die. Leave me to die. Yeah, he's got like two guns. He's like threatening to kill everyone. He's like. Don't say their name. He points a gun at Moss's head or something like that. Yeah, he's like, don't call me that in public because you kept calling him Clint. Um, what else? It uh, Iron Man goes into a drunken stupper because of like the sex tape and everything, and apparently this was all a part of Vision's plan because like once he kills Scarlet Witch, Magneto shows up yeah. and beats the crap out of everybody, and then convinces Pietro to join him again and steal Scarlet Witch's body to go to the Savage Land. Ultimate Three. It's picking up where it left off, and that they're going to become independent superheroes. Yes. Also, like much more closer to like the Avengers comic. They live in the mansion that looks like the mansion. They dress kind of like their normal costumes. Cause yeah. the, the issue as I was reading is that Jeff Lowe wasn't actually familiar with the ultimate comics. Yeah. He had not read the previous Mark Lawrence run. So he, he took, he assumed they were like the, more like the Avengers. So he turned them more into like the Avengers he knew. The thing that I really dislike is that he changed because of that. He didn't know the Wasp was actually Asian. So he made he made it back in the being Caucasian. Oh, did, oh, I didn't even notice that because, no, like, again, because of how stylized everything is, I don't, I just see them as people. I mean, yeah, it doesn't really matter because y'all look. The other thing I did like about Joe Madera's are they all look, all the characters look the same. Uh, yeah, so, like, especially like the women look like kind of what stereotypical mainstream superhero comics women. They're just like absurdly like su- like supermodels, like you know? boxum stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. The, the dudes we mentioned it are like super, you know, ripped and muscular. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I only read the first issue. You read more than me. So. Yeah, I read I read the entire thing because it was it's like Ultimate Three was essentially like, hey, let's take these hero these established heroes and let's just throw them in. People like Wolverine, let's put in Wolverine. Oh wait, Wolverine. The backstory for him was that he was exploring the Balkans, ended up on Wondergore Mountain, found uh, Mag Magia, yeah. right, have sex with her, yeah. and so when he appears, he's like, I think Scarlet Witch might be my daughter. It was like what? 
and, and Black Panther is here. Black Panther is like the new member of the Yes, Ultimates. Black Panther is a new member of the Ultimates as well. It's like, where did he come from? But right. it's not really Black Panther. The entire time it was Steve Rogers pretending to be Black Panther. Was there ever scenes where they were together at the same time? No, there was no scene yeah. with them together. Okay, I just want to see. Yeah, yes. and there was the first issue, like Venom shows up for no reason. Yes, and Venom shows up. shows up for no reason. Yes. And then, like, because, like, again, the Venom showing up was all a part of the Vision's plan because, like, you know, where is she? Like, who the in, hell? Reality, in reality, it's really, hey, people like the ultimate, people like Venom. Let's put them together in the final. The exactly. And uh, what's it called? So Wolverine leads the charge to the Savage Land. They were like, oh, yeah, is, it Valkyrie help? is it Valkyrie a part of the team now? Yes, Valkyrie from uh from the from this from the Ultimates too. She shows up now. Turns as, out she's uh, Thor's lover. And she turns out to actually have powers, and she's actually she, a Valkyrie. Yeah, she's actually a Valkyrie now. She has a sword. Oh uh, yeah, she, and right, I forgot Thor talks in like that really annoying like big Shakespeare. Yes, starts speaking very Shakespearean. He's like, but you wasn't doing this before. He's like, but I feel more comfortable with with my teammate. And it's like some garbage. Yeah, and he has a thread and talks like that. Yeah, and then we see uh, Shauna and Kazar. They they make an appearance in the comic, and it 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 it's just a lot and it's a mess. It's because... a mess, right? I think I remember, I saw a screenshot of like they run into the Brotherhood of Mutants and they threaten to like eat and rape the Lost or something like that. Yeah, so they so they threatened, so it was Mastermind and Pyro. Okay. They were going, they were going to take advantage of uh, Valkyrie, but okay. like. As she's like within her mind or in her own personal hell of going back to like that apartment which she was living in Ultimates 2, a uh, dark figure appears like, I didn't make you a Valkyrie for this. And so she cuts off uh, Mastermind's head and then chops off the hands of Pyro. Oh, since, yeah. It's also, and then, and in, the end, in the end, it's like the big twist is that it, it was really Dr. Doom behind everything. Yes, it was Dr. Doom behind the whole entire thing. It was like Pim's. Uh, research of robotics is laughable. An infant can do this, yet do they not realize everything is doomed? And I was like, what? <laughs> what? And that, and that gets ignored, even I think in Ultimatum, right? Like it's not really Doctor Doom. It's not really Doctor Doom. It's, it's a new bot. Two bot. <laughs> That's the ultimate. The ultimate. Yeah. So yeah, Ultimate three, uh, pretty tasteless. Uh, really terrible. Like I said, it's like it's like almost a parody of the Ultimates, but it wasn't. Meant to be a parody. Yeah. Uh, and an ultimatum, which is kind of the start of the end of the ultimate Marvel Ultimate Universe. Uh, it's just like, all right, Jeff Will, I'm going to kill them all. Literally, Magneto, he's grief-stricken that Quicksilver is dead. He he does a disaster. He flips the Earth's axis, like, around. He causes all yeah, these disasters. He calls natural disasters. Which is not how that works, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the least, that's the least of that story's problems. <laughs> Uh, they kill off, I think, almost literally every every major character. Every, every almost every major character gets killed off in yeah. Ultimatum, and yeah. because it's the Ultimate Universe, right? The idea is like, uh, if a character dies, they don't come back. Yeah, and that which, and it's the one time that actually bit them in the butt. Yes, yeah, which, uh, which no, because uh, well, yes, because they were running out of people, so they had to come up with new characters. But then also, Bendis brought back uh, Spider Man, Peter Parker, yeah. because. This is also our introduction in the Ultimate Universe. Is also our introduction to Miles Morales, who so becomes Miles, the new So in my research about it, apparently Ultimate was supposed to be the actual end of the Ultimate Universe. Oh, Ultimatum was supposed to be. Yeah, he wrote it like that's why he killed everybody. He thought it was gonna be 
the end, but they decided like, yeah, let's keep going. But I think part of it is because Bendis was not on board. It's like, guys, I have I have a lot of story left to write. Right, because he was writing Spider-Man at the yeah. time. And it also was like, why are you? It's also like, why are they? Do, it's like, there's no point to this crossover event as well. It's just a way to inject sales. So yeah, he he, you think it looks like in the crossover, Peter Parker dies. He survived, uh, but only only to just live a little bit longer before Miles Morales gets introduced. Right, because when Miles Morales gets introduced, Spider-Man gets killed by uh, Green Goblin. <laughs> kind of, and then he gets, and then he comes back, and then he comes back, and, and, and then it never gets resolved because he left for DC. Yes. And also the ultimate line ended. Well, no, uh, what's it called? It never gets resolved because, uh, what was it? It was, it, they never went back to it. Oh, yeah, because Secret Wars. Secret Wars happened. Secret Wars happened. Yeah. So, I think, and then it's like, and then it's kind of the, the weird ultimate Marvel Universe because it's kind of this weird phase. You're trying to figure out what to do with it. Because, like I said, like a lot of the talent and the identity got taken over by the mainstream one. So, they're really trying to figure out what to do with it. Uh, Jonathan Hickman. I think sorry he started to make his debut at this point. He takes over Ultimates. What I consider the real Ultimates three. Uh, yes, the new Ultimates. Ultimate Comics, uh, new Ultimates. Yeah. No, first not new all, Ultimates. First of all, Ultimate the name, Comics, the, Ultimates. also the name gets really ridiculous at this yes. point. Because it becomes Ultimate Comics, right? Yeah. Uh, colon whatever it is. So it was like Ultimate Comics, Spider Man, Ultimate Comics, X Men. Yeah. Uh, Ultimate Comics, Ultimates. Which yeah, I mean, which was which was fine because I mean you had Brian Wood who was writing X Men, Bendis was still on Spider Man, and then Hickman on, uh, on Ultimates. Ultimate. So in that one, it's like kind of I think a good successor in some ways to the the the, the Mars Ultimates, which he actually does come back for the Ultimates later on, which we get into a little bit. Uh, that he it's like Hickman doing his crazy sci-fi thing is that Reed Richards, Ultimate Reed Richards, becomes a villain because of events from. Cataclysm, I guess. I didn't really. I only know this from Wikipedia summaries. Yeah, I didn't read. That. He, he becomes like a straight up villain. He creates this like sentient city. It just becomes like crazy sci fi, like crazy right, sci fi. That's, that's, uh, that's all, folks. Uh, connection loss. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Connection loss again. Should, I, should we? So, yeah, I mean, Cataclysm happens. Uh, Ultimate Reed becomes a villain. And then. From there, you know, Secret Wars. So, um, oh, there we go. Okay, right. we're back. Okay, okay. no, we. Were, I was still recording this entire time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was too. So I was, I was, I was like, you know what? F it, we're done. We talked about the Ultimates. Uh, read Ultimates one and two. Don't read three. Skip over to Hickman's uh, yeah. Ultimate Comics Ultimates, which is a yeah. mouthful. Yeah, read, read, read Bendis's, read Bendis's Spider-Man. I think that's probably the biggest contribution now that most people know is about Browse. It was Miles Morales, yes. I mean, his entire Spider-Man one run was great. Like it was, yeah. it was really good. Um, but yeah, so because of the continued attention of these stupid internet glitches, right? This is gonna be an extra long episode. I feel like. Uh, let's go ahead and just call it. Because <laughs> yeah, um, I'll I'll try to edit it as I can, but it's a good time to call it uh, the the ultimate end for our, yes. our conversation. <laughs> yes. Not ultimatum though, so you don't have to worry about that. Okay, so I'm Eric Long. I'm Phil Fleming, and uh, I ran out of '90s shows to mention. I guess this is reboot. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Why are you torturing me like this? Why? What is this anyway? Some kind of goddamn comic book? What do you want from us? 
What makes you think you can bullshit your way into mine? Like every.